version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 224, and I got it right this time, so bite me. I love well, the What silence. the hell was that? That was my... <laughs> Did you just my, shit in your pants? That was my weak attempt. It's my weak attempt at a bite. Is that what that was? Did, ah. Did you literally like do the whole, like, thing? Like, like... It, it really looked, it like seemed a lot meaner in person, it? but it probably didn't convey that way with oh, audio. Dude, it basically okay. sounded it was, like you passed gas. <laughs> <laughs> eh, that's okay. I had to try. Dance yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, Jesse's here. You guys just heard him. Justin's here. What's, What's up? going on, dudes? What's up, dudes? Nick's, uh, a lot, man. Nick's playing Re- Wedding Crasher this weekend, I think, isn't he? Skipping. Well, so he yeah, says. he says. Yeah. <laughs> He's down. Know. He likes going to weddings. That's his new. That's his new hobby. Yeah, that's it's because he hobby. makes like two thousand dollars a wedding. <laughs> so he says. <laughs> Sorry, fifteen hundred. I I think it's fifteen hundred. Oh man, oh, crooked it! Please stop. Fuck. Dan. What? What is the problem with Crooked Head, dude? I don't know, dude. She's just she's being extra needy tonight, and um, I'm sharpening up some knives. I might have some cat stew tomorrow. <laughs> Thinking about it, she might be kind of stringy though. Yeah, and uh, expensive. That would be some expensive stew. Expensive. Dude, you yeah, have yeah. sunk Considering a lot of money <laughs> into her. So, I know. Yeah. That's, I can't beat her anymore because it's like, oh, damn it. Just slap twenty dollars down the drain. Yep. So here, here we are. I, um, um, I, it's uh, been a fantastic week for me, but I'm gonna save my uh, fantasticness for later. And since Justin wasn't here last week, were you sick last week, Justin? Is that yeah? What you're trying to say? I yes, that's exactly what happened. I was feeling under the mm-hmm. weather and uh, just could not make it happen. You're feeling better, I assume. You sound you sound uh, like you're feeling better anyway. I I am. I'm feeling better in the health category. Yeah, work still beating your ass. Work is owning the shit out of my ass. <laughs> um, there's, it's it's still super busy. The hours are still high. Um, I still haven't really had a lot of time to do heli stuff which has been painful as hell haven't flown go figure haven't flown Hmm. now that said i know that you guys did i listened to last week's episode first of all great episode i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. uh second of all um i enjoyed that you guys enjoyed (laughs) the weekend (laughs) And got a lot of awesome flight time. Um, 
the uh, it was painful for me to uh, see pictures on Facebook and hear texts and stuff like that. But uh, it's okay. Um, the the work thing's been kicking my ass basically. Uh, that plus getting sick with whatever my son brings home every week from daycare uh, certainly doesn't help. But what I have been able to do is get back to the sim. And that has been somewhat therapeutic because I feel like I can kind of connect back with the hobby in a small way, even though it's been like, like seriously, guys, it has been, let's see, what is it? It is March. What's today's date? It is March 10th. Yes. You want to know when the last time Uh-oh. I actually flew something was? Uh OHB. No, 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 no. It hasn't. It's not that oh. bad, dude. Jeez. <laughs> forget it. I wouldn't even get on the show at that point. No, it's been, uh, I think in my flight log, the last flight is like January 28th. Now, I may have missed something in February, but... Um, that's not, I mean, you know, for winter, I know, that's, I that's know not. it's not horrible. Right. I understand. And and in fact, I, I kind of felt a little better when I uh, read in one of my private Facebook groups. I don't remember even which one it was. Someone came out and said, all right, time to break the 60 day, no flying streak. And I'm like, damn, 60 days, uh, not quite there yet, but it feels like it, it really does. So it's, it's been hard to stay uh, stay excited and motivated. And, you know, Dan, I think you've talked about this before. Uh, and mm-hmm. certainly I know Nick has, um, we, what we do here on the show is we talk about the hobby and what we're doing in the hobby and what we're excited about in the hobby. And I gotta be honest with you. It becomes much, much more difficult when you're not doing all that much. Welcome to my world. And it's yeah. it's painful. It it's not just painful, but it's stressful. It's like, oh, shit. It's time to record. I haven't flown. I'm still working 60 to 70 hours a week. I'm excited. I want to do some helicopter shit, but I, I can't make a show out of excitement alone <laughs> if I don't have anything to talk about. So, uh, you know, I've been forcing myself to sim. Um, part of it actually was the, the conversation that you were talking about last week's episode, Jesse, about how before you got married, you, you, it was like, there wasn't an option. I got a SIM, right? And now things have come up, you know, you're working all that sort of a thing. And it's not as easy to get done. So I said, you know what? That's a really good point. I need to get back to it. I've done some sort of half hearted, half assed SIM sessions. Uh, not, not too excited about them to be honest, but it was more of the matter of sort of like forcing myself to hold the transmitter as painful yeah. as it was. So you still remember like where the throttle hold switch I, is. Yeah, and, you know, that I type do. Of stuff. I do remember the throttle hold <laughs> switch. Generally, I remember all the, all the axes and what the sticks do. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, what the stick. That's an important one. But, you know, and and actually when I fly in the sim, I don't feel too bad in terms of loss of skill, but uh, that's mm-hmm. different from flying the real thing. So we'll have to see once we get out there. Anyway, uh, you know, what I've been spending a majority of my time doing, of course, has been um, 
getting helis ready in little tiny bits and pieces for the spring. It has officially hit me. Spring is here. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I'm pissed off about it. I'm not prepared for it. Othello is coming soon and I will probably not be ready. Hopefully we'll have gotten a couple of flights (laughs) in before then, but certainly won't be ready. And so, you know, on the nights where I'm not literally just passing out or, uh, as you guys realized tonight and, uh, previous nights on the phone with work or with a customer till all hours, then I do go back into the workshop and, you know, take a couple of things off of one of the helis, start doing the winter maintenance where I haven't on some of the other. Are you sure you don't just go back there and stare at them and go, man, I wish uh, I would really like to work on you right now. I caught myself doing that a couple oh, yeah. of days ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I went out into the garage nice. to put uh, a bag of garbage out there and turn the light on. And I'm like, damn, that is a nice fleet of helicopters. <laughs> Whose fleet is that? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's mine anymore. Uh, but and then, you know, the other thing has been chipping away at the uh, discharger. So that's kind of taken on a life of its own. I got reinvigorated with the tech tip. And as, as the listeners heard, I guess it was two episodes now uh, ago, I kind of dropped the hint on exactly what it's all about and some of the details behind the core, sort of the fundamentals behind it. But when I got started doing the next build, so I had up to date and fresh photos and instructions for the tech tip, it kind of, uh, I'd say bloomed or blossomed into something even a little bit more complex than I was originally thinking the one that I'm building Nick. And so, um, I've just been actually having a lot of fun nerding out with that and, uh, doing a couple of different, uh, approaches, taking a couple of different approaches to the safety system, the automated shutdown system. I started using, uh, the Arduino for it which is, as you guys know, it's a microprocessor Mm -hmm. and the Arduino will pretty much do anything that you want it to. The only thing you're limited by is your ability to code. And let's face it, none of this stuff is particularly complicated to do. But somehow I got the uh, thought in my mind that I was using the Arduino uh, to do something that did not need an Arduino, right? You know, um, (laughs) super overpowered for a simple function. So I said, screw it. I'm going to actually design an analog circuit, you know, with like op amps and comparators and resistors to do what a couple of lines of code could have done very easily. And that's what I've been messing with lately. (laughs) So one of two things is going to happen. Either Nick's going to plug it in. And when his battery pack gets to, the equivalent of a storage voltage, about three, eight, three, eight, five, it's going to shut off and beep at him and he will go over there and remove it and be happy. Or it's going to blow his fucking house up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I like those odds, man. Yeah. So we're going to, we got to take a couple of bets here. I'll, um, I will do some testing outside of my house. Um, but we won't, we won't fill them in completely. I, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. I'm not even going to give them an instruction manual. 
Maybe, I like that. We're just going to send it in a in this a nondescript good. box. Or give him one in German because he, he seems to be able to give decipher those pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so let's see. Other than that, uh, not much else going on. Um, just been really looking forward to getting back to it. And, you know, missing last week. I, you know, so that, yeah, that's another thing. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I'm, when I get into a habit, that's a big deal. Like I'm a, I'm a habit forming person or a habitual person, I guess it's called. And I don't like messing with my routine. So not having, not being on the podcast last week felt dirty. It was like, I'm, there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, getting back, you'll, even, you'll get over it. You'll get over that one. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you start taking enough days off, you get over it. <laughs> so <laughs> just like, oh, I don't have to record tonight. <laughs> this is freaking nice. fantastic. No, so I, I did. I did miss being away from it, but I am glad I'm back. Even though there's not much, much for me to say in the last couple of weeks. Coming to hang out. Yeah. With all the different retailers out there, it can be hard to decide where you want to spend your heli money. Ken over at Lower Heli helps make that decision a little easier for you, though. With amazing prices every day, great customer service, and fast shipping, you don't have to worry about bouncing around anymore. Go visit Ken at www.lowerheli.com and fill that shopping cart with the confidence that you're getting the best prices backed by amazing support. Head on over to www.lowerheli.com and fly lower. Jesse's got, uh, Jesse had an eventful week last week. I did. It was a pretty solid heli week. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Dan's going to go into a lot more detail than I am, but I got to hang out with uh, Nick and Dan last Friday. So that kind of started off the week because we were we recorded last thursday so friday went over to nick's and dan was hanging out there so i was there for probably three or four hours so a lot you know lots of heli stuff going on dan will go into more detail about that but it was great just you know kicking back in the trailer bsing joking you know just just good old times so that was a lot of fun to get out there and then what, what, what even worked out better is on Saturday, I was planning to go back to Nick's and just kind of continue, you know, tinkering in the trailer, building and whatnot. And then we ended up having this awesome, beautiful weather, just like out, out of nowhere, because it was it was totally predicting rain all day Saturday. And I woke up Saturday, I looked out the window and I immediately shot Nick a text. I'm like, uh, you guys think you're making it out to the field? Because it's pretty nice out <laughs> And Nick's like, oh yeah, definitely not hanging out here for the day, going to the field. So I met you guys out at the field and it was a really, really good day. I I think when I got out to the field, probably about 11 o'clock, it was like 60 degrees out, 58. Shorts, shorts. I wore shorts and a t-shirt, no coat, no nothing, literally shorts and a t-shirt. You're killing me, Jesse. Tennis shoes out to the, I mean, it was, it was one of those days that you just look forward to. You're not freezing. You don't need a heater. You're not worried about your hands getting cold in between flights or anything like that. You know, I showed up in shorts, a t-shirt and tennis shoes. So 
that right there immediately qualifies it as an awesome day at the field. <laughs> no more detail needed, but so got in, you know, quite a few flights on the Protos, which is back flying. Um, very minor rebuild, I should say. <laughs> Not a whole lot to it. So I did do a couple flights on it with the Railblade 696s. And then after, you know, one or two flights, I was going, okay, I think I actually got this thing put back together right. Sweet. Then I put the new blades on. <laughs> didn't want to didn't want to go for that right off the bat. So I got in probably half a dozen flights on the Switchblade 713mm uh, blades. And honestly, that took care of most of the concerns. You know, the, the previous week I had come on and I said, you know, the, the heli flew great on the 696s. I honestly didn't have really any complaints other than just wasn't quite as floaty and the, the disc loading was a little bit higher than I would have liked. And then I remember, I think Justin, you had kind of called me out on the head speed a little yep. bit too. Um, running at like 2125 on the head speed on the 696s, but then also remembering, uh, you know, a little bit up there on the weight as well. Did you ever get the, so the, final, 700- the final weight? No, I know, and I shouldn't have said that because I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I've if been I waiting word, for you to tell me. <laughs> if I said wait, I knew. Right right when that came out of my mouth, I was oh, like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Justin's going to ask me. <laughs> no, I'm putting it in. I'll have it next week. Promise, 100%. I'll weigh the helicopter. Um. So with the, with the 713 millimeter blade, so I landed at about 2040 on the head, so almost 100 RPMs less. Um, did not adjust the pitch at all or um, anything like that. Head gain, just had to drop a few points um, in the V control. So nothing major. Overall, the, the tune just basically transferred right over to the switchblades. Um, locked in very well. And the disc loading was much better. Um, man, with, you know, you get up there and the, with the weight a little bit, the, the 713s, at least for me and my flying style and, you know, the, the feel that I like for the heli, um, the, the 713. 10, 713, 715s, you know, that, that blade size is, I think it's going to be a necessity. So I, I can definitely see myself picking up a few more sets of that size, just kind of keeping some, some on hand for going to fun flies. And, you know, as the season starts to pick up, um, so the blades were good. The next thing was I got a new set of batteries and man, has it been, and this is really sad to admit, but it's been quite a while since I've had two solid flight packs um, for a single helicopter. So really, really nice to to like go fly, walk back to the bench. Oh, sweet. My battery's done. Someone, you know, Dan or Nick or someone else goes and flies. Then I go out there again, come back to the bench. Oh, battery's done. So just getting back into that rotation of being able to you know, hit your batteries, I, I think I normally do about 3C. With these packs, so far, I did four kind of easy cycles on them. I, first couple flights was just some light 3D, nothing crazy. Slowly started to build up. And then I made sure in the V control to set the discharge to uh, alarm at 60% discharge. So I definitely wanted to stay far away from that 80% um, discharge. And just kind of slowly breaking in the packs, but... Man, it is definitely nice to have two flight packs, two identical flight packs. So, you know, CG, everything just works out great. And what size packs and are they again, Jesse? Those are the 30C OptiPower 5000 mm okay. stick pack. So they're already built into the stick pack. 
um, which makes it really convenient too for putting them on a tray. You know, a few less straps. Um, oh hell yeah, just, dude! I yeah, prefer the stick pack in all of my helis that actually fly them, which is a majority. It's just yep. so much simpler to deal with. You yep, got yep. performance and on them so, yet? Like IR? I I do not. Um, I only got four cycles on them. I will start tracking the IR here. Oh, hopefully if the weather's decent tomorrow, I'm going to get out and f- completely finish breaking them. And I usually my rule of thumb, which I think we all kind of have our own little, I don't know, procedures or differ on this slightly, but I usually do five cycles on them kind of before I bump the discharge up to that 70, 75% range and really start hammering yep, on the pack. Yep. So um, five is just, I don't know. It's kind of always been my number. So I'm at four right now on that, on that pack. So I'll do one or two more easy, easier cycles. And I'm not talking, I'm just hovering, you know, I'm still doing pyro flips, TikToks, just nothing. You know, I'm not digging way into the collective. Um, so get those tomorrow for finished, uh, finish breaking them in and then, yeah, take the IRs on them and see where they stack up. Uh, the next thing was I switched over connectors, as I mentioned last week. So this was also the first day flying the XT-150s. Oh, nice. Six millimeter sprung, um, no no basket, not the basket style connector, a sprung bullet, six millimeter bullet connector. Um, you know, so far, no complaints. Everything went really well. I did end up, <laughs> so Nick could have probably predicted this, but last week, if you remember... I was kind of talking about how I soldered them in the same manner as I would like my EC5s where I built the series connector into the helicopter yep. side and then a connector on each battery. Well, I kind of, you know, after Nick brought that up on the show and I, I knew I should have right after I got done soldering them, but I was just at that point, it was getting late the night I soldered all those up and I didn't want to do it. But after the show last week, I did go back and snipped them off and re-soldered half the connectors so that I could eliminate, basically eliminate one connector. And the series connector is now just built into the battery connector because these are individual bullets on the positive and negative side of the battery. So you can just plug the two batteries right into one another. That's the way I do Um, it. So you got to rework your charge leads a little bit, right? Because now... You know, let's say the positives are all female bullets on the battery and the negative side is all male bullets on the battery. So you got a you know a little bit different there, but I have and with the with the plastic housings, you can actually make it so you can't plug you know the opposite. Kind of you can't really plug the wrong one in. Um at least not that I've really seen it. I'm sure it will be very exciting when, when something does maybe, maybe you should wrong. sit down and uh and just run through the scenarios on the bench so that you know whether or yeah, not you no, set it up to be I, I have and i'm pretty sure with with the you know switching up the housings from the male side to the female side on the housings and then switching the bullets as well female to male bullets um it's it's pretty difficult to get okay them, so get here's the here's the I'm simple sure you question could. D- does it mm-hmm. require a different charge lead set for each pack then you will blow yourself up eventually (laughs) what do you mean a different charge lead like do you have do you have two different configurations of charge leads no because so on the okay so on the how i did it was on the battery usually i'd put all the female bullets on the battery 
and all the male bullets on either the charge leads or the ESC. Yep. And I'm talking the, the bullet, not the housing. But in order to make that series connector, you have to switch that logic on half the connectors. So what I did is on my battery, all of my male or the, the positive, okay, all the positive side on the battery have female bullets and male housings. And then all of the negative terminals on the battery have male bullets and female housings. So you can make that series connector. Yep. Series yep. connection. And then on my charge leads, it's you know the exact opposite. So I have for the positive side, male bullet, female housing, negative side, female bullet, male housing. Right. Um, but but what that means, so your charge leads match your ESC, right? Yeah. So yep. what that means is you could be fooling around, not paying attention and plug your 12 or 14 S pack into your charger without having removed the series connection. Okay. That is correct, but I'm, that's true. That can happen. But as far as plugging a, plugging it into the wrong one is a little bit more difficult, but yes, leaving that series connector plugged in, it could definitely be a hazard. And one thing that kind of the, and I was asking Nick about this on Saturday, and one of the routines that I've fallen into is the only time the series connection is made is when the helicopter, is when the battery is in the helicopter. As soon as I go to pull the tray out of the heli, the series connection comes apart. Like instantly. That's something I'm just no, trying and to if drive you can, into If you can focus on that, then you're good. But you could have just read my foolproof bullet system tech tip. Could have, but it was too long. Ooh. No, it wasn't. That's probably one of the shortest ones I've ever done. Kidding. You're right. I could have reviewed that. He just that. assumed have, it was I, too long. I just assumed. Reasonable yeah, assumption. Right. That was an assumption. <laughs> Reasonable assumption. Maybe long, but it's all quality, bitches. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, driving that into my into my head, making that a routine. No issues last weekend, and so I'm just... You know, continuing forward with that. And so far, they seem to be working great. So no no complaints. Um, coming up this weekend, one thing I need to do, I'm really hoping to head out to the field tomorrow. I actually just checked before we started recording. It was originally projected to rain all day, but it looks like it's not going to rain until about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So hoping to head out tomorrow to the field and get in some more flights. But tonight, when we're done recording, I ended up buying a set of the red hard um, 3D dampers for the Proto. So... After talking with a few of the team pilots, a lot of people seem to be having uh, really good luck with those across a really wide um, RPM range. And then they said they especially like them for getting the heli you know, just that tighter, a little bit more more uh, robotic feel um, locked in, getting all the last little bobbles out. So I'm going to go ahead and throw in the hard red uh, 3D dampers and see how those do compared to the black stock ones. Um, and hopefully have that ready to go for tomorrow, get some flights in on those. And then the last thing I did this week is actually fixed some heli blades. So if you guys remember back a couple weeks, I had that one set of blades on the N7 that fell off the bench. And I sent you guys a picture of that and said, you know, would you fly these? Yep. And obviously I flew them, continued on, threw some super glue on them. And then when I crashed the Protos, the only thing that happened to the blades is one blade was perfectly fine. Not a single flaw, scratch, crack, anything on the blade. The other blade on the trailing edge, right up, not all the way up by the root, but kind of right where it widens out and goes into the main section of the blade, 
a little bit of a chip right there on the blade. And so what I did this last week was I used some JB weld and kind of packed it in there and made it you know a little bit bigger than it needed to fill that space or fill the hole. And then I have a little buffing pad for the Dremel. And so after the JB weld dried the next day, I went back and kind of buffed it all smooth. And then once it was completely smooth, I wet sanded it back out and then covered it with black Sharpie. And honestly, it looks great. Sweet. <laughs> nice. It looks, um, yeah, it looks, it looks really good. You wouldn't, you know, unless I pointed it out, you probably wouldn't notice, but you know, it kind of, for, for me, and it's not like it's a big deal, right? The blade was structurally fine to fly with just a little bit of super glue covering the, the crack or the little bit of missing carbon fiber, the chip. But this way, it's like, I don't really need to throw those in the spare bin. I mean, on the N7, they're, they look fine and they're completely flyable. So it's just, you know, I would prefer to have a blade that's uh, visually appealing, I guess. And so, yeah, got those all fixed up and, and good to go. Yeah, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't believe it. After further inspection, the Protoss crash was not that bad at all, considering the canopy rework. Didn't even get the blades. I, I literally broke three ball links. And I mean, I would have got the canopy, but with the rework I did on that, I didn't end up getting a new one yet. So, I mean, for losing power to everything, extremely, extremely lucky. I t- dude, I'd say it went really I'm con- well. I'm continu- really well. I'm continuing on with crashing like a girl, and I'm completely okay. <laughs> the last time I last lost power, <laughs> I not only almost died, but it cost me like five or six hundred bucks to fix. Yeah, this was like a you know buck ninety seven. Oh, that's that's a that's a good crash, man. Damn, good- I mean- is that really even a crash, or is that just like a hard landing? Broke three links, three ball links. I mean, it did. It did get the canopy, yeah. but I mean, I, I showed you that yeah, in person. That looked, it looked great, and I I did end up cutting. So I I originally plastered up the whole bottom black, and I ended up cutting like a triangle um, that kind of lined up with the um, other paint scheme on the on the canopy. And so now there's some yellow on the bottom. Excellent. So you don't lose orientation when you're looking at it. No, you directly from the you bottom. You had to. Um... I mean, you know, from ten feet, you wouldn't you wouldn't see it. I mean, you had to look up close. Oh to see no, the, yeah, it looked great. You had yeah. to look look really close. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, a perfect beater yeah. canopy, perfect, perfect beater canopy. And then uh, one one last thing, Dan, you also got to see the uh, how easy the canopy was oh, to put on <laughs> compared to those I goblins, know. right? I mean, he was like, I he just, was like, I just, start, hey, Dan, check this out. Yeah, Click. I'm like, Dan, watch this. Watch me put my canopy on. You just start hovering it <laughs> and it just over like where falls it's supposed to go, and it just snaps. Did itself you try into place. it yourself, Dan? No, I had. I just was so disgusted by watching it. I didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean that's, you're, put, you're putting it on one handed, dude. I you mean, just grab the bottom. You love your goblins, Dan. You got to admit a, they're uh, not the easiest canopies to put on. That's true. There, but if I had went over to try it myself, there was a high likelihood that I would have thrown it on the ground and stomped on it. Then put this one on, bitch. It still would have clicked on. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, yeah. Other than that, man, solid week. I'm glad to just be cranking out the heli stuff again. It feels great. Um, and yeah, I honestly had a had a blast last week, and just looking forward to continuing flying leading up to Othello. So. All is good in the heli world. Yep. Sweet, dude. 
We all know crashing sucks, but the only thing worse than crashing is missing something during the repair and watching it pile right back in. Well, guess what? The greatness that is the Soco Heli tool can save you time and from making a costly mistake during your diagnostic process. Simply slap on the Soco Heli tool after a crash and you can check your main shaft, spindle shaft, servo horn teeth, and servo gears without even removing the head from the heli. That simple five minute check can save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars and get you more stick time in the long run. So remember, if you want your equipment to be reliable, then you have to be a good heli mechanic. And if you want to be a good heli mechanic, you have to have good tools. Soko Heli Tools, because quality and precision is worth it. Get your Soko Heli Tools at www.socohelitools.com. Yeah, not, not too much. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well uh, no fly my dick. I actually flew, right? Yeah. I flew. Yeah. So my week started off kind of early. I took off three days last week from work, headed over to, you know, your your rainy area. Which lived up to it. Which lived up to it, (laughs) definitely. So I showed up at Nick's on Thursday uh, right before he gets home from work and um, we, you know, kind of start we move all the helis into the trailer and we kind of hang out uh, for a little bit. And uh, immediately we started working on shit, right? It's like uh, we had the two, the two gassers and the, and the, uh, uh, the little teeny shitty helicopter. Uh, what the hell is that thing called? <laughs> That's how much I like it already. The oxy. The oxy. The oxy, dude. The oxy. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, they weren't, okay, so <laughs> they weren't as far along in the build process as I had pictured in my mind, right? I've, I, I was thinking they were a little further along. I mean, they weren't bad, but they were basically, the frames were assembled and everything, but there was still a lot of setup to be done. Uh, so we started on that, and um, Nick and I stayed up till like three in the morning um, working on shit, and... Um, Got got pretty far along in the process. Got the um, most most of the setup stuff done. Uh, Friday rolls around. Uh, Jesse shows up, and we're working on Jesse. The head. I started working on the canopies when you were there. Or was I doing that when you were there? Because you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Justin, you mentioned oh, this goblin canopies. So, first of all, I don't know. Do they fit? The standard electric goblin well, or is it kind of a pain in the ass initially to get them? Dude, it has always been hit or miss. I've got a couple of canopies where I basically throw them on and snap them into place, and then I got ones where I got to, like, bend and twist, even now, after doing the hair dryer trick. Yeah, well, imagine that on top of about 45 minutes of dremeling to get the front you know get the canopies cut out because you need to get it around the around the pipe you're saying around the around the pipe and you have to cut like because um the way it's situated you actually have to cut like an inch out of the front or the bottom of the canopy uh where the nose comes down where it attaches to the front of the landing gear 
because everything's got to slide back further uh, because of how the, the conversion kit kind of takes up that space, right? So it's just this, it's literally a process. And, you know, Carrie has a template, uh, an older template for the original uh, Goblin 700. Uh, uh, the competition's a little different. Uh, I actually came up, I, the the first one I did, it was you Dremel for five minutes and then you test fit. And you take it off and you Dremel for five minutes and you test fit. And it's just kind of continuing process. Um, I tried to get fancy with it, which turned out to be just, because you do, you got to make room for the servo, for the throttle servo, right? You got to make room for the pipe, got to make room sometimes. On one of them, I had to make room for fueling, fuel tubing. And uh, it literally, it took a long time to get them to go in. And then you, then after you get them fit, and of course, the differences between the two, one being the competition, uh, they aren't the same. So you can't just say, well, I got one done. I'll just do yep. the second one just like it. Exactly. So you had to, it was a start the process over. So then you get them to, you struggle and fight to get everything to fit. And then, then the whole, you know, uh, stuffing paper towels underneath, getting the heat gun out. But I got to say, after, I don't know, probably a couple hours of dealing with that, I got those canopies on there um, fitting pretty well. They slide right into place. Uh, it took some doing, though. And we got them all settled in. And uh, so we finished that kind of stuff, you know, just the last minute set up tails. Uh, and uh, we went out to dinner and we we're talking about what we were going to do after Jesse had left um, tomorrow, you know, because we fired up the one, uh, the the Toxic Gal 300, right? Or no, the 275. We fired the 275, mm -hmm. the older one up first. And we took it because it was raining. So we Friday when Jesse was there, we took it into the shop and man, it was, it was beautiful. It just literally one or two turns with the starter it fired right up if yeah i was amazed yeah there was no fighting with it at all just and so we uh, and yeah we idled it for <laughs> it sips fuel in the idle oh my gosh so i got we're looking at a gas can with two gallons right two two gallons that need to be run through two motors and uh uh so we let this one idle i don't we kind of well i don't know it got down to almost the full tank you know um but we're i'm looking at nick and like this this is gonna take a while um so we we went out to dinner and we started making plans we're like well i guess that's what we're gonna be doing tomorrow jesse's coming over we're thinking about how we can hook up a second v control to the other one so then we could have two of them out there hovering or not hovering but just idling to break these, breaking them these in motors. yeah 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 so we stayed up again late just finishing the last, you know, he, uh, Nick was working on his goblin speed, his 500. Um, I was finishing up the canopies and just the last little setup. And then we were working on the oxy. So we wake up Saturday morning and I'm, I took my toy hauler over there and I, I woke up and I just was like, what, what is that glowy stuff coming <laughs> through the window? What, I mean, that's, uh, that's strange. Is there a fire? It was clear. Yeah, and there was no clouds in the sky. We woke up, we're like, holy shit. So it was a kind of a mad dash to get everything ready. So we head to the field and um I we just went out there and started flying. And I I mean I got I obviously we were just we started hovering them. Um didn't run an idle through the through the three hundred. 
just decided to take it up into a hover and, and let it go. And I think when it was all said and done, it was nine, nine tanks. So nine hover, well, eight hovers because one tank was a damn dude. You got through that shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. Nine, eight or nine, like 15 or 20 minute tanks. Uh, actually I set the timer at eight minutes and 30 seconds. It's rich. Oh, you're okay. So it's burning the whole tank in that amount of time. Yeah. I think I set the timer at eight, eight minutes and 30 seconds, but I probably could have set it at 10 and it was rich. Yeah. you. Yeah. So, and I got one flight on, on the oxy as well. So yeah. You still liking that thing? I, I don't really know. Cause it started getting windy to where we were actually going to fly it. And, um, it's, as the day was wearing on Saturday, but it just started to get too windy for that. So it changed quick. That was the one thing about Saturday. It's beautiful out. And then all of a sudden it starts getting windy and then it's cloudy. And yeah. Yeah. Weather did change. And it's got, the wind came up and it started getting pretty cold. So, Mm -hmm. so about that day, um, it was, it was a nerve, it was nerve wracking because I had literally, you know, I don't even want to begin to think about, if I had to think about the last time I flew, it was the Nitro, and I want to say that was in November. Mm-hmm. Maybe the 1st of December. It was when we had some clients come to the shop. They wanted to see a heli fly. Um, so I was out there, and you know, like I said in last week's show, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just hoping that I remember how to hover. And um, we get the uh, the goblin, the first one, the the two seventy five, up. And I, you know, it's not feeling real good because it's blubbery rich and the tail's acting up as it will be. You know, it's just lots of vibration and just not smooth. And felt kind of disconnected. And um, it was it was nerve wracking there for a minute. I was like, man, I I remember I was like I was like a little nervous to do a pyro. I mean, I'm like, can I? You think you can remember how to do that, Dan? I was actually saying having these conversations. Oh no, man! <laughs> so I was dealing with a real, with a real mental like mind fuck. Like seriously, like uh, Jesse's standing there, and I'm- I mean, he he was even asking me, Justin. He's like, "Should I flip it? Should I flip it? <laughs> seriously? Like, yeah." <laughs> and he's and Jesse's like, "Yeah." I'm like. Like, uh, like, yeah, like, of course you should, dude. That's like, like what you're supposed to do. I'm like, uh, I'll wait till the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really actually, I mean, it was, it was bad. I, I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. It was awesome to get into the air again, but it, it, I seriously feel hindered. And, uh, I think it's, and I know that it's all in my head. Because I know that I know how to do that stuff, right? I know that I can easily fly that stuff. But there was just this, you know, a new heli, new motor, rich, you know, and I just, it just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I eventually did. I don't know if Jesse saw it, but Nick told me he heard it. My timing on a flip, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, the timing's off. It, saw it and heard saw it. Saw it and heard it. And so it's like, uh, you know, you got to, extremely rich motor already and then you load it up and it was like you know it's like oh shit but all's well it ends well um the the setup on the um on the newer the competition is it's got 
it's got the TRM pipe and the and the Toxic Al 300 and uh, BK servos all around. And I was flying the switchblades on that. And I, I was tickled. I mean, it was fun to get it up in the air. And uh, I've we saw, well, you know, the we experienced how sensitive the carburetor needles are on that thing. Uh, so we went to the, uh, went to, I went to Toxic Owl's webpage, kind of get the starting uh, needle settings. And so I decided to go just a teeny bit rich on the low based on his settings just to be safe. But literally the difference of one screwdriver blade, what it literally was the difference between a motor running and not running. Seriously? Seriously. I do not remember that with my engines. So I took, when we first got the 300 out, uh, it would start, but as soon as it started to spool up, it would just want to die. Um, and this just continued to happen. And we were looking and I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I said, well, I'm going to take that. I'm going to, I'm going to lean that low out literally one screwdriver width. And that was all the difference in the world. And it actually took off. Uh, it was able to go up to RPM. Although the RPM, the RPMs on that one was reading thirty, what thirty five hundred, Jesse. On that, yeah, you're having a, a little bit of issues with that one. It's weird because I've got the stator gators on both of them, and on the two seventy five, the stator gator was working flawlessly. Uh, everything was, you know, it was reading the proper head speeds. Um, but for some reason, on the newer motor. And they did mention this in their literature from Stator Gator that possibly the polarity needs to be reversed on the Stator Gator because it just is giving horrible uh, readings. And it's, it's governing. We, could, we saw that because we turned the, the governor off in bank one, right? And it was just following the collective um, without a curve. Uh, and then you'd switch into bank two, which was governed head speed, and it would slow down, but it was just reading the numbers way wrong so got to i got to take a look at that this weekend dude that that's awesome though i mean i i'm really happy for you being able to get out and just do your thing again kind of relax it, hang out actually fly and be able to maiden the helis that you've been so freaking excited about i mean let's face it you how long have you been talking about wanting to get a gasser Seriously, oh, easily since July? the beginning of last season or maybe middle of last season. Yeah, it was like in the middle when I started talking about getting a gasser. And, I, you know, it's right. I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because you know, the electric thing, although I can appreciate them, they just never really, they never really stuck with me. Yep. You know, I mean, I've got, like Nick mentioned, I've got several to prove it. I mean, they're just sitting here. Doing nothing. Dust. Yep. And, um. So the oxy, hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with the helicopter. I have to, I have to fly it a little. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be taking it to work with me. I haven't this week because we've just been so busy. But uh, I'm going to take it to work and I'm going to use it as a lunchtime heli for a while. And we're going to see what what's going to happen with that. I, I have a, I'm pretty confident it'll be replaced. But it's going to be replaced with another small helmet, right? Maybe. I think it is. Uh, I think it's a Goblin 380, so you don't need to be mysterious about it. <laughs> what? But the thing is that 
I think you're going to find you you do want a small heli because if if uh, let's say this, if the gassers get you back into it the way I think, um, which is ultimately you're going to be flying as much as you can, given your current work situation, because you're excited to get back to flying. It, it, you're never going to get back to the glory days, right, where you just showed up at the field. And stayed there from eight until sundown. (laughs) But you'll get back to sort of like version two of the glory days, like employed glory days. And when you do that, you're going to progress more. You're going to get more excited about progressing. Then you're going to start getting cocky and you're you're going to want to just go out there sometime and just be stupid. And you will not be stupid on your gassers because those are your babies. And you recognize what being stupid for just a second or two could cost you. Um, So what are you going to do? You're going to be stupid on a small electric. Yeah. Because you can. I could see that happening. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, And this is the same reason why Jesse's going to get a Goblin 380. Oh, shut it. It's, It's inevitable. What I, other three eighties um, are there? Three fifties, three sixties. Gowie and Chase, the KDS and a uh, a line. I think Perfect. that's it. Any one of those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, I do have some bad news for you. What's that? There um there will be a goblin three eighty showing up in my fleet in a few days, probably. <laughs> I knew it. Dude, I, I nice. was just guessing. I did not have prior knowledge here. Yeah, it's uh the the I it may be longer than a few days. It might be, but it is definitely in the works. There you go. No, yep. I don't I don't blame you, Dan, one bit, because I did get the chance to fly next and impressed. Yeah. I you know, I I okay so the oxy i mean you know it's small and and i guess it's probably a pretty good heli but you know it just it literally reminded me of when i was flying the mcpx a blade you know yeah it just felt it just it was like it gave me that same eh, feeling you know like it was again it was a first flight and I was getting used to the new radio and, and, uh, you know, and it was kind of windy and we were in Nick's backyard. So there were a lot of obstacles. So it, it, not a real good, I haven't given it an opportunity to impress me yet or, or make me think it's a good heli. And, you know, who knows, I might end up keeping it as well, but nonetheless, there is, there is still a goblin three. Well, what you should do is put it to the side for now get the 380 in the air, get comfy with the little heli again on a heli that's probably a little bit easier to get comfy on and then go revisit the Oxy. Yeah, I don't think I'll be getting rid of it. I mean, I don't like to get rid of shit anyway. I mean, I still have a bunch of blade helicopters. So, you know, (laughs) I'll I'll keep it around. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a great weekend. It was, um, I'm absolutely stoked uh for saturday i plan on showing up at the field at 8 a.m and i'm gonna be there all day nice Um, the weather is awesome the weather is looking good i uh two months ago i picked up a new honda generator so i don't have to worry about my shitty generator Uh, 2000 yeah nice sweet dude um 
yeah, it's ready to go and everything's, you know, I got the little trailer ready and, um, yeah, I'm going to head out. Uh, don't know if anyone's going to be there. I've tried to call a few of the old guys I used to fly with. No one's answering their phones. It doesn't matter. There is something to be said about having somebody to fly with though. That, that was, you know, the, the thing about, especially the last weekend having, uh, Nick and Jesse around, it was, um. It felt fun, fun fly ish to me because I'm when I go flying, it's by myself, and so anytime there's more people around, it's it feels kind of like a fun fly. I mean, yep, it has I that same you. kind of vibe. I hear you, yeah, and that's fun. That's that's more enjoyable. Yeah, we still got in lots of flights because there did. wasn't tons of people. Yeah, right. No, and, I um, I get that. Yeah. So you know, it is what it is. I mean, I spent plenty. I've burnt plenty of gallons flying by myself. I, I'm not afraid to do that. But so the big goal I think for this weekend is to finish finish off these these last gallon or so of I guess there's a little over a gallon left of that uh, break in fuel, and um, you know start leaning them out a little bit and start actually doing some tuning and getting it going and. One one thing too that I'd like to talk about is the V control because you know you guys asked me or Justin you in particular asked me what I thought about it and it's growing on me quickly the first from an ergonomic standpoint at, at, at when I first tried it out I wasn't it felt it was new so I didn't like it because I'm I don't like change you know after spending some time with it um and f- you know finding the locations the where where are you going to rest your hand you know cuz you know it's you, you kind of come up with you know your spots yeah. where it's comfortable yep. and after you know messing around with that and I, you know I was struggling for a little bit with uh remembering where switches were where you know what okay and so i'm like asking jesse so is 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 this how i do it you know because you've got three switches that can work your motor on that thing and uh you know after a bit it started to become i didn't have to start looking down i did i I could stop looking down at the radio to flip into something you know to flip into bank two or something and it just started just started working and started feeling good and when it comes to setting it up, you just can't beat it. You can't beat it. It's so easy. And that's, you know, that's what everybody says when they first try it. And it's just true. It's all there is to it. And tuning and and making changes, it's all right there. And no no computers. And I, I will agree with you, though. I know one comment you made was that the menus can be a little bit confusing. They are. Right They're when you're menus, first starting. But yes. the more you use it, the more, you know. The more intuitive the menus become. Yeah. They definitely, there's a lot of information in there. Maybe that's why they are the way they are. But, you know, like there's there's several locations to get to a governor menu, you know. But, and that's all fine and, and well, because once you know what it is you want to change, you know which governor menu to go to. But when you first hit it, it's like, uh, I don't know. So you just have to play around with it. But setting it up was really great. Um, and I did for the most part have it correct. Nick had to make a few little tweaks. Um, 
we kind of went through the process a few times uh, to make sure that I could grasp it fully. You think you can set it up on your own now? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I actually set the last one up by myself, the gasser. So we nailed it. We got it. We got two gassers in the air and and an oxy and um, what a great weekend. And I'm, I'm absolutely excited about this weekend. How much do you have left fuel to run through those? Uh, probably a gallon in a tank. So just, just about a gallon. How much fuel Uh, do you actually have left? A gallon. Oh, that's it. And you got to go buy more fuel? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. So when you say left, uh, I was thinking you meant in my awesome, uh, oh my goodness, which that's a conversation (laughs) in itself. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually, so look, I showed up and I, I tried to make sure that I remembered everything, but there were a few things that I found out. I forgot two, two things were two gallons of Coleman fuel. So I had to do a mad dash to buy some coal. Oh, and fuel dude, did you bring oil with you? I, uh, no, I forgot the oil as well, but Nick had some oil. So. What did you use to break it in? Uh, we just used, uh, like lawn boy ashless. Yeah. It's petroleum based. Uh, you know, it's not non-synthetic, uh, breaking oil. Some, something that he had for one of his motorcycles or something. We didn't use lawn boy. He didn't have lawn boy. So. Um, but I do have both. Well, I have the stuff that Carrie Shirley, uh, sends with his kits for break in. And then I've also, you know, I haven't decided which oil to use, uh, when I switch to synthetic or even if I'm going to switch to synthetic, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Um, got the 32 to one ratio and, um, I guess I need to, uh, I probably need to figure that out in the next few days. I'm not sure what people are using. Back when I used to do gassers, all the rage was the Pennzoil Marine. And well, that was that was the oil you had to use, man. You know, so I had three gallons of that shit. When I was doing it, it was um uh the AMS oil or AMS oil uh saber. Okay. At forty to one was what Toxical was recommending for, for the oh. two seventy. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to look into it. Uh, I probably need to do that before Saturday or on the way to the field. Cause I'm pretty sure I'm going to get through the rest of this break in fuel and, uh, we'll start. Uh, yeah. The Jersey modeler can, what, what can I say? It's a work of art. Oh Jesse yeah. Liked dude. It. It's badass. Oh man. It was, it was so awesome. <laughs> I was like, I, well, okay. Not only did it have the electric pump on it, which was super cool. But the thing I liked was the jug itself, because something I fight with, you know, keeping my setup in my truck right now is the fuel jug goes in the back of the truck. So I would say it's about a 50-50 chance that by the time I actually get to the field, the fuel jug is going to be knocked over, which is not a big deal with, you know, I got a tight uh, liquid tight cap that I put on the jug, so it never usually spills, but man, it. That thing is definitely not tipping over. Yeah, it's short and squatty, and it's got one of those, I don't know, it's like a three-inch mouth on it with a big white big cap. cap. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Uh, Nick and Jesse were trying to guess how much it costs when I was flying. So when I was walking back, 
I think Jesse said, so yeah, we were one or we were, we, we were, were taking, taking bets. bets. <laughs> Let's just say we, we both undershot. They both undershot. 130. A, oh. oh my goodness. Not even in the same league. I'm almost, I kind of, everybody's guessing so low. I'm almost embarrassed. Now Holy shit, how dude. How much did you pay for it? <laughs> I'm going to take a picture of the one that I made for my nitro. And you'll realize that you could have done a lot better for like twenty five bucks. Just an electric pump. <sighs> yep. And dude, which this pump is like a fifteen GPM oh pump, man. Dude, it slams the fuel, <laughs> the, the, this, the gas in there. It, that pump doesn't mess around. Man. That thing is made to fill like <laughs> those big gas airplanes that have like gallon fuel well, tanks well, in them. Justin, I would take you up on on your picture because I'm interested now in yours. I think I've seen pictures before, but because after seeing Dan's, I'm like, holy smokes, I got to do something here. I'm I'm behind the curve on this. This, this thing, dude, is like, jug. An, it is an all-in-one. I basically took a two-gallon jug, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, took the cap and did a custom, uh, ba- That's right. basically yep. customized the cap such that it's a, it's a plug. Uh, but I then put the little like Debro style fueling thing in mm-hmm. there yep. where like you cut the hole out and then you tighten it down with the nut and it's got a little refueling wand. It runs to an electric pump uh, that uh, is almost impossible to bump on and off, although Nick claims that he did it for years. So I, he's a special kind of pump bumper, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, uh, and then I put it inside like a, you know, that, uh, what is it called? I think the brand is Husky. You can get it at home Depot, but it's Mm -hmm. like a, it's sort of like a carpenters or like a work tote type thing. It fits perfectly in there. So it's got a handle. It doesn't tip over because I have the same problem, Jesse, especially like if you do it with the gallon jugs of fuel. Oh, and you're yeah. getting towards the end and you got the pump hanging off the top. So it's top heavy. It tips mm-hmm. over the wand pops out and then there's nitro all over your car. Been there, done that, which is so easy to get out. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. that doesn't uh, won't happen anymore. Plus, it's got a couple of pockets that I can put, um, you know, backup uh, glow starter, even though I've got an onboard just in case you always got to have it with you, extra glow plugs. And then I've got two 6S packs wired in parallel uh, that plug into uh, a splitter that goes to the pump and then also goes to my uh, Sullivan starter and it holds the start. It's all there, all in one. Nice. It's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, I got. Hmm. I think it's time to step up my uh, fuel jug game. <laughs> I think so, man. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan, I I hear you. I mean, <sighs> when I had my gassers, I got a Jersey modeler as well. Now, yeah. it w- I I would like to hear what the final price is because I, I happen to remember that for a. I think he was selling them at the time in two and a half and five gallon. And I went mm-hmm. with a two and a half. It didn't mm-hmm. have the electric pump. It had the hand crank that was sort of like attached to the front of it. But it had the quick release fueling ports, mm-hmm. which yep, I yep. really, really liked. I actually have one of those, too. Okay. Yep. And 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 I, I paid like 70 bucks for it. 
Oh, geez. How much did you pay, dude? Uh, 220? Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) Let me look real quick, because I want to say 250, but I'm starting to think that might be more than what I paid. 200? I mean, okay, Jesse, while he's looking, I know you really liked it, and it made an impression on you, but would you go out and spend 250 on that? Let's just say I was I was doing my own pricing. Okay. I was, I was working on some, you know, I was putting together my own bill of materials on that one. Yeah, like I'm all <laughs> for professional quality and shit, but, but uh, no no no, it you know, for okay. for someone that's looking for an out of the box solution, that thing was awesome. Oh yeah. It it uh 219. <laughs> that's what what it did it come with, Dan? For uh, $219. That- so it's a two and a half gallon gas can, right? Yep. With a uh, 9.6 volt, 2700 milliamp nickel metal hydride, which runs the pump, which then it's got the quick, uh, like you said, the quick yep. release quick fueling release stuff. Quick release fuel. And it's got the Tigon line. So yep. it's for. Yeah, that's uh, you know. That was it. <laughs> that's you know what? It's got the it's got the wide mouth and uh nice squatty can. That better uh, have been delivered by a mail order bride, dude, because I think you just got taken for a ride on that shit. No, 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 no. It's a good can, man. Okay, Come I want to see a picture of yours and I'll send you a picture of mine. Oh, mine's gonna definitely look better than yours. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Mine's bigger. Yours is two and a half gallons, right? Oh, we're still talking about the gas can. Yes, it is two and a half gallons. Wait uh, a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So it in in Dan's defense, I'm looking at their website. The the price is accurate. It's like seventy five bucks just for that pump. Is oh you know, that, yeah, that's not See, even dude, you got to go with the, the ghetto special. Here's the deal: the pump's so going to die in a year. It is not going to die <laughs> yep. in a year. Mine's going to die in a year too, but I only spent twelve ninety nine on it. Which so pump do you have? I can basically buy like five pumps, stick them on my shelf. Every <laughs> you know, leave one in the back of my car or in the glove box. And when I'm out at the field and it dies, I laugh. I grab yeah. the one out of the glove well, box me... and throw the old one away. Justin, wait, which brand though? And I, one I more thing. Details. Uh, I one think thing, mine's Justin. just like a I, hobby I, co. I, okay. I, I didn't spend $900 on an ESC. You're right, and mm. neither did I. I spent $900 on four ESCs each. <laughs> I know. So there you go, buddy. You win. My pump's not going to go out in a year, I guarantee it. Is it does it's it warran- have a, does it, it have a warranty on it? Yeah, it's got a 2-year warranty. On oh, okay. All right. At least it better. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you should check on that. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Nick Nick makes videos on occasion. Did you guys know that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, just just checking. I um, I happened to watch one of his videos the other day, and it was the video on the bump charger. 
think this was Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning at work. I was watching this bump charging video. You guys have seen it, right? It's like 17 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yep. It inspired me and I ordered a bump charger. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. I feel like, so, I feel like Dan is back. <laughs> this is a lot of big steps. <laughs> I, uh, ordered the bump charger and, um, I'm excited because, you know, I don't know if you guys, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it, but I've not used it yet, but several months ago, I happened on to RunRider one day and there was a guy that had just posted a, a progressive RC case with a Meanwell 24 volt charge or 24 volt uh, power supply and a PowerLab 8. Single or dual? Single. Okay. But the whole thing he was selling for 300 bucks. What? I, I snapped that up fast. Oh yeah, dude. Damn. So, but I haven't used it yet because I still have my old charging case, which just works fine. I, I just, I just felt like that was a price I couldn't pass up. I hear you. You know, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger. So I just decided what I'm going to do then uh, is get this bump charger rolling, and um, I don't know, maybe keep some of those. Maybe I don't know, keep those other two chargers in my uh, toy hauler. Right? You know, I don't know, just a just in case type thing. I don't, I don't know. Maybe sell them. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to trying out the new charger. So don't really need huge charging anymore, but you know, unless I decide to start flying the Forza Those receiver packs, maybe... man. <laughs> yeah. You saw them 2,100 milliamps, about man. Killed my generator. Ooh, two cell. Yeah. We, we cranked those bad boys out. So I need to get, I need to, st- first of all, I need to decide what I'm going to do with the electric Kellys. I think I have to keep one at least, right? I have to keep a 700 electric, right? No. No. I don't Are think sure? so. I don't Why? Know, man. I think I, because, you know, I don't know, Jesse, you should, I should, I, 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 come on, back me up here. I should keep one of them. 700 right? electric? Yeah. I, f- I feel like you should. That's a, I mean, are you, yeah. Versus what, a 600, 500 electric? No, it's, no, it's just because I have three of them. Yeah. And I, no, two of them need, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. You're going to love your gasser so much. That's all you're going to fly plus the 380. You're done. So you think he just yeah. sells the other three electrics? I don't think he will, because as he pointed out, he doesn't sell stuff. But I bet you he'll sell one or two of them and hold on to one. And then a year from now, he still won't have flown it. Mm. <laughs> How about this? I sell them and buy a Goblin Nitro. Oh, my yep, goodness. That's okay. And I could see that, too. That would complete the transformation. Dan's though, been dude. compromised. Like, we can't trust him. Someone's we can't got trust to... him. He's drinking the Kool-Aid. Hey, man, that those gasser models, like I said last week, I've always bitched about um, conversions, you know? Uh, I've always said, if I'm going to get it back into a gasser, it's going to be, you know, kind of a native from the ground up designed, you know, airframe, but that's essentially what this is. Yeah. So from, you know, I took a good look at the gassers and went through the setup and saw, you know, kind of all the steps and they're clean. They're nice. I I really dig that 
that conversion kit. It is extremely, extremely clean. Yeah. And I've done, you know, this, granted, this was a long time ago, but I did a 600 Helibug conversion. Did not like it at all. It was the Align conversion. You guys remember those? Yep. Um, did not like it at all. It was just uh, early days, you know, let's be fair. It was a long time ago. It was right when they were kind of fresh. Um, never had any luck with it. And the other gasser that I never had any luck with was the um, RJX Extreme 90. Well, that was not a good experience. And that was supposed to be a gasser from the ground up, but it they say that, but it wasn't. It was a it was a nitro that had a couple extra bolt, you know, holes bolted into it to accept a gas motor. Um, this is great. These are these come together well, and I'm very happy with them so far. So we'll see. I mean, I've got other helis. I'm not, you know, I'm not. I haven't fully dove in. It's okay. The SAB dude. pool. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I'm planning so on doing like the same thing. You're going to dive into the SAB pool? No, 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 no. Not that same. Yeah, and if you thing, checked your friends list thing. lately Sorry. on Facebook. If, if anything, I'll be diving out of the SAB pool. But what I mean is my plan this season, as I've, I think I've said before, is to focus on, obviously, the speed thing is my thing. But for 3D, I really think if I can get the NX7 up and running and I'm happy with it, that'll be my main 3D heli with the 380 as a backup. And maybe one other electric um, that I'll talk about eventually, but uh, um, I don't know that I need a big a big electric if the nitro wows me the way I expect it to. And that's true because I still have, and I don't ever talk about them because they're not quite ready. But I still have two aligned nitros. Yep. Um, well, let's say one and a half aligned nitros. Point five. <laughs> so. Hmm. I, I kind of, I do definitely want to get a new nitro airframe just because that Align airframe is just so tired. Um, it's ready for an update. And I don't really, just, yeah, it really is. And I don't really, I'm not real interested in going through it and deciding what parts I need to buy to kind of refurbish it. For some reason, I just, I've been saying I'm going to do that for a long time, but I just. Just get rid of it. I'm not excited. You about can doing still that. get. I mean, dude, people will snap those things up quickly on the forums at a reasonable price. Well, especially price. if I, th- if especially if I throw in the parts bin I have Ooh, for that. Thing. There you yeah. go, or an oh, engine, man. dude. I've got parts for miles. I don't have the right parts because I don't have bearings and shit like that. But main gears and mm. uh, all kinds of shit for that thing. Speaking so. of nitros, dude, um, I forgot to mention I did actually get my Turek back yes. uh, from Richard at YS USA. Thank you, Richard. Uh, he went back through it and um, replaced all the damaged stuff, which was most of the stuff that is supposed to be in the engine was damaged. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, he nice, made sure nice. he let me know that was the case. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I think, as I mentioned before, uh, when we were discussing this, he came to realize that uh, the manual. Now I don't. Now I don't remember if I mentioned this on the show before. I'm going to mention it again because it's that important. You didn't, but yes. Yeah. So here's the deal. What happened? He still doesn't know what the real root cause is, and neither do I. Although I think we both generally agree that the fact that the thing came, the bolts came loose, didn't help. 
Um, but it's a chicken or an egg sort of thing. And why? Because when he got it, he's like, dude, your high needle is at one and a quarter out. I'm like, yeah. He's like, that should be, weren't you breaking it in? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you should be at like one and three quarters to two. And I, and I'm scratching my head. I'm thinking, no way. If I did this shit again, I will be so furious um blowing up the motor because I wasn't paying attention. So I pull out the manual and I look at it and it says break in settings high needle 1.25. And I'm like, "Richard, I'm looking at the manual. You got a manual with you?" So he looks it over and he's like, "Oh man. Yeah, I I don't agree with that. I got to talk to the factory." So guys, if you are buying a new Turek engine, then uh, go fatter on the high end, okay? Because he's saying that there's, you know, there's, and it makes sense now that I think it through. And for those people who know two-stroke engines from dirt bikes or whatever, I didn't grow up that way. So I, this is this is my two-stroke experience. Um, apparently, uh, the small variations in the oil type and the oil content, all of that, that all plays a role in the exact mix that you have, which is why when you get different fuels, you generally have to do some tweaking on the tune. Um, but uh, he says for break-in, uh, he's had the most success up at one and a quarter to two turns out on the high, and he believes one and a quarter is way too lean way 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 too lean so take note i will not be doing that again i'm going to go out to one and three quarters to two and see how it goes from there tune from there but uh anyway long story short i got the engine back uh obviously i haven't had a chance to pull your engine out of the heli dan which never got any airtime obviously um but i will do that maybe this weekend we'll see and uh, get the new the old new engine back in there and uh maybe get out and get some flying because the weather does look pretty decent and when you do that don't worry about sending it back to me yet okay well i'll, I'll get it out to you i i got i gotta no, get no, that to you i told to nick it. i was gonna send him my set of switch blades because he wanted to play with some stuff there on on bigger blades just to check it out so yeah we'll we'll see I got some shipping to do. Yeah. You, you, like I said, keep it with you. All right. Yeah. Don't, don't send it to me. More on that later. Oh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, let's see. Full of so, surprises, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, What's he going to tell um, us next? I don't know. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it was a good week. Good. And, um, I, I'm really excited to get to the field this this weekend and uh, burn some more gasoline. Well, actually, uh, you know, a dog fuel. Oh, yeah. fuel. Yeah, nice, dude. So that wraps it up. I suppose we should bust into some news, huh? What do you think? Hell yeah. I think it's clear that within this past year, Rev Electrics is taking battery charging to a whole new level. Within the last year, we have seen the all-new bump charging system announced and the release of the GT500 charger. 
The bump charger is something that no one has ever done or seen before. The list of features includes a complete touchscreen interface, charger setup with just the bump of a battery, and V-Bar battery ID integration for all you V-Bar fans out there. So for more information, be sure to check out revelectrics.com. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. All right, Nick's not here, so I'm hoping that somebody brought some news. I got news, news, Justin. I got news. Yes. So, hopefully you guys know that this week is one of the more exciting weeks in the hobby generally on sort of an annual basis. And that is that Rotor Live is going on right now. Uh, So over in Germany, they are doing the Rotor Live trade show. It's the 12th and 13th. So by the time uh, you guys hear this, it will be over and you'll probably have seen a lot of the news. Uh, They haven't said a lot yet uh, because it's Rotor Live week. But the actual trade show doesn't happen until this weekend, and we're recording on a Thursday. So I don't have a ton of news, but I got a couple of teasers here. Um, Of course, you know that they do a 3D competition there, and I believe that that has already occurred. That was, I believe, yesterday. And no surprise, the winner of that. Oh, no. Yes, surprise, because I read it wrong. I'm doing a translation from German here. So. They were reminding us the 2015 winners were Duncan, Duncan Boston, Marius Mueller, and Lucas Dinger. Um, and they're asking, I think, the question in German if whether or not we think Duncan's going to defend the title again. Uh, wow, that that's tricky. The Facebook translator does not do a really good job of, of, of capturing what they're trying to say, so be careful there. Uh, other cool stuff, they're actually going to have an RC Heli school this year, which I think is kind of similar to Todd Bennett's Freestyle 3D school. Um, and uh, Stefan Seeger, one of uh, my buddies from the Speed World and also on Team Compass, I think will be uh, one of the guys that will be teaching people. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Is it a, does it say, is it a 3D school or is it, it ju- speed? well, uh, no, it's not speed. It's, uh, so it's a, um, it is a German translation. So this year also <laughs> offers the RC Heli school back test flight on pupil teacher transmitter who has interest find Stefan Seeger and his team, not only in the second OG, but also directly next to the flight line in which the interns will be offered more info. <laughs> Excellent. So that was, that's the translation. There you go. I mean, it's yeah, sure. There's a, there's a flight school makes perfect sense. Um, also this one's kind of cool. I think, um, so 
for those people who are familiar with sort of the I'll call it like the underground motor rewinding scene, there's a small number of hardcore guys out there around the world that rewind motors. And one of them who is particularly well known nowadays, um, he goes by the online name of Copper Doc, but his real name is Michael Steinmetz. And so apparently he's going to be giving uh, what amounts to a lecture or a seminar at Rotor Live on uh, brushless motors and, you know, performance of the modern brushless motors. How do you optimize their design, you know, speed controllers, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, So that man, if I was there, I would really want to sit in on that and see what he had to say, because I've seen some of the motors that he's done. They're beautiful works of art. Uh, he definitely knows his stuff. The one sort of product thing that I've seen so far as a teaser for Rotor Live has been from Sebastian at Compass. And this is on the, I believe, Sebastian's Facebook page, but they've also, one of the listeners posted it in our news link. And that is the new Compass EXO 500. And in this, if you look at the link, all it has is a picture of like a canopy on a stick. Now, firstly, that canopy is sexy as hell. Indeed. You guys seeing that thing? Oh, yeah. That is a departure from the normal Compass look. So I like it already. And then as you read down through the tons of different uh, comments, a lot of them in other languages, there is one where people say, oh, that's a sexy canopy. And Sebastian basically says in a nutshell, if you like the canopy, that's not even the biggest surprise in the design. So I don't know what that means. I saw a couple of pictures of a tail rotor. Mm -hmm. It looks nice and clean, all metal, very precision like we expect from Compass. I I don't know what the surprise is. Maybe it's a two-stage system. Maybe it's got the adjustable head dampers like the, the Kronos. Your guess is as good as mine. What do you think, Jesse? You got any inside info, ex-Compass guy? I do not have any inside info, but just like you, I've been seeing a little teaser, so I'm really excited to see what comes out of this weekend. And honestly, that I mean, you'll you'll hear this from a lot of guys that have been flying Compass for a long time. That 500 was due for an update. I mean, great heli in its time, but it was kind of the next one on the list to get the uh, get the big update. So. I, I really hope yeah, that they... And, and it's going to be a 500, like a 500 millimeter 500, right? Or That's, is it going to be the Align 500, like the Atom that swings 430 to 450? I'm honestly not sure. So uh, this is what I I'll say. I hope it's a 500 millimeter. I would hope as well. I know they've got the 550 Ultimate or whatever yep. that thing's called. Yep. It's basically a scaled down version of the 6HV, right? Yep. Great looking helicopter, very simple, very robust. Um, And I, you know, we talked about that when we did the whole budget build thing. Uh, I would seriously entertain purchasing one of these as my beater, everyday beater electric heli for 3D if it was 500 millimeters. If it's 430, I think it's going to be too close to my Goblin 380 to justify, and I'm not getting rid of the Goblin. 
but uh, if it's a 500, I've got some serious this, interest. This would here. probably be cheaper to crash. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> hell yeah. I guarantee it would. Yeah. But it's just too close in I, size, I right? I, I really hope it's a 500 millimeter class Ellie, and yeah, I I hope it does well. Yeah, same here. So eh, it's a compass. Oh, come on, Dan. Just like you said, eh, it's a goblin. Yeah, look at you now. It's it's a V control. Don't judge me. Too late, dude. Too freaking late. (sighs) Been judged. No. Mm. All right. uh, Next up, I have a. Now this is really cool, and I gotta. So first of all, it's a shout out, and second of all, it's a it's a live on the air apology. So shout out to listener uh, and friend Ross Cooper Smith. Uh, Ross uh, got a hold of me a few weeks ago and let me in on a guide that he's been working on. Uh, he he owns a jetty, so he flies jetty and he also flies Spartan. And you guys know that they recently did the whole jetty Spartan integration thing. Um, yeah. And so uh, Ross has put together uh from popular demand i think it started on heli freak and so the link we're going to give you is heli freak put together a a guide to getting started with jetty and spartan and it's a google drives doc so when you click on the heli freak link he's got a couple of sentences describing it up front and then you click on the google drives link and you go to this now i want you guys to click on this link because when he first sent me the link, I didn't look at it initially because I was busy and thinking, OK, you know, it's like a tuning guide, how to couple of steps on Heli Freak, that sort of a thing. Um, I looked at the Google document and holy shit, this is serious business like he's actually got. I mean, it looks like a manual. It literally looks like a manual. It is professional looking. It has a table of contents. It's like formatted. It's got section headers and screenshots. Link to all sorts of different stuff. Links to YouTube videos. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, look at this. Ross. Is this, what you, he do, is this does he do this for a living? Because I don't, I don't think he does, but I'm telling you what, dude, you have raised guy. the bar. Because now I'm like, so I'm never going to get the tech tip or the yeah, tech tip like, out for the discharger. Forget it. Uh, Fuck it. I'm done. I can't live up to this. I don't have time for this. Oh my god! It's gosh, beautiful. Nice. It really is. So mad props to Ross for putting that together. Um, I, I think there's got to be people out there that can make use of it, whether they already own one or both of those uh, pieces of hardware or they're interested in it. Um, definitely go and check it out, uh, because it is an impressive bit of work. I, I've, yeah, this, uh, I've seen heli manuals that look like shit compared to this. Yeah, dude. Like pretty much all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Huh. Nice. Yeah. So way to go, Ross. And sorry, it took me like two shows to remember to actually put it in the news. My bad. Douchebag. I know. Yeah, I'm an asshole. 
that's that's all I got for news. You guys got any news? I got a little bit of news, yeah. but uh, how about you, Jesse? You got no, no, no. My, well, my only news that I got this week is there's this podcast, um, and they're gonna get, they're gonna have a new sh- a new episode out on Monday. Um, RC Alley Nation, check them out. Episode uh, two hundred twenty four. That's uh, lame. <laughs> no. Wow. No, I don't got anything, Dan. Right. Shameless act of self promotion there, yeah. huh? <laughs> you know, it works. It's good. it's almost genius, in fact. <laughs> You know what? We should record a commercial for that podcast at the end of this episode. Oh, good. Good (laughs) work. (laughs) So, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I do have some news. And it has to do with the AMA and the FAA. So, I'm not going to, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, so look. It's no secret. Been very critical of the AMA, right? Mm -hmm. But... When something happens that I think is a very positive thing, it's, it's the war is not over, but a small battle has been won. And I think that the AMA did a great job. And I think that it's worth mentioning that the, the only sad part about it is, uh, how deep I had to dig to find it. Yeah, so you know, I, I goes back to that whole thing that I've been saying is the communication is where you know what's going on and why is it so hard to find information? I guess there's nothing I can do about that. But when something, when I do find something that I think is great, I'm going to bring that up just as quickly as when I find something I don't think is great. So you all remember, I'm sure uh, Nick or uh, Jesse and Justin, you guys remember when. The FAA shut down like 14 clubs outside of the D.C. area. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they extended that huge no-fly area. Back in like November or December, right? Right yeah. after the announcement yep. of the whole regulation. Well, the AMA jumped to action on it. I'm sure other people were involved, but uh, I'm guessing since it was 14 AMA charter clubs that were affected, maybe they're regional people, somebody took it, ran with it, presented their case, and those 14 clubs are now able to fly again. So kudos. Wow. I mean, that's Hell great. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a small battle, right? But nonetheless, in this big grand scheme of things, it's a win, and we need to really kind of appreciate those wins when we get them, right? And so good job. I mean, the AMA really, really stepped up on that. I, again, it's unfortunate. I mean... I guess the the negative side is why did I have to dig so hard to find it? Maybe maybe it's because I wasn't looking. Maybe I got the email and ignored it. I don't know. But I had to go to their webpage and just do some digging. And I just happened to cross it. Uh, just looking uh, one night, I was just like, mm, I'm going to kind of catch up on what's happening there. And lo and behold, here I find it. But So we will have a um, link to that on the show notes. If you're interested in the details, it's not a very long article. It'd only take you a few seconds or a minute or two to read through it. Uh, But more importantly is you'll get a link then to uh, maybe create a bookmark to other articles. So if you're interested in keeping up in that stuff, um, maybe you can check that out. And when you see these good things like this, let people know. I mean, uh, again, you know, we... We, uh, we, I don't know, Justin, if you want to talk about it, but the whole dirty 
little FAA thing, you know, you guys went through it. I haven't done it yet. I don't know oh. if Jess has done it yet. What's this um, registration you speak of? Yeah, Jesse's gonna play he's gonna play ignorant every time. So I did do it. I you know, we've we've been talking about it on and off, sort of uh amongst the four of us. It's kinda like, hey dude, you gonna do it? Uh, you know, pissing and moaning and stuff like that. But you know, as as I think you brought up a f- probably several shows back now, Dan, is when we started talking about it, um, when it first popped up, you in particular got a number of emails and messages from listeners about, hey, man, you know, like either I agree with you or I don't agree with you, but I have to do it either way because I feel like it could endanger my job. Right. right. And uh, so I happen to be in a similar situation in that. Uh, I believe that flying unlawfully or putting myself in a situation where I could get in trouble with the law as a result of that uh, causes me to uh, have concern about how that would affect my job. And so uh, I knew I was going to have to do it. I put, you know, I was putting it off. I was trying to come up with some reason for why I didn't need to, um, uh, I still don't agree with it. I don't care about whether it's $5 or $500. Uh, it it just doesn't sit well with me. But uh, so I did. I pulled the trigger. It was during <laughs> our uh, or sort of after, I guess, our Tuesday production meeting, our weekly meeting for the podcast this week. So these guys actually were on the line listening to me bitch and whine about uh, about the whole process. And, um, you know, it's, it isn't all that difficult. It's, it is pretty painless, but what was particularly, you know, I, I don't even know how, how to describe my issues with it to start. I mean, aside from the fact that I take issue with the whole situation, which I'm not going to go back into, we've done all that, been there, done that, no big deal. Um, I was already tweaked about having to do it. So I got a little bit more fussy when I found that I couldn't use PayPal to check out. <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> right? It's a nit, but but it's worthwhile. Um, they give you this right before you do it. You have to click on, I have read, agreed to, and will uphold the following rules, right? And now I can't remember them all, but... They were all pretty standard, like uh, I will not fly. Um, what is it? I, I will not fly irresponsibly. I will not fly above 400 feet in altitude. I will not fly within five miles of an airport prior uh, without uh, giving prior uh, notification and receiving approval from the air traffic controller. But, you know, all these different things and. When I'm looking through this and reading it, I'm getting the sense like, okay, this is actually real. I'm going to go through with this and click the button and register. And yes, all of these things are good and I agree with them and they are consistent with the AMA rules and modelers best practices. But I don't know. It just it just aggravated me. Um, The other thing that I don't like is that you have to put the number on your model now. What what I appreciated is that they give you the leeway to um, put it like in a battery compartment or 
I guess somewhat hidden as I interpret it. What you can't do is put it in a location that requires tools to get access to. So if you have, <laughs> I, I guess on plankers, maybe there, there's a, there may be battery compartments or control compartments where you got to like <laughs> unscrew something. That's a no, no, uh, uh, presumably because they want to be able to walk up to the model that just crashed into the empire state building and quickly find the douchebags number who did that uh but what i don't like about putting the model number on there is that if someone else gets access to it and we've talked about this before okay justin's being paranoid but let's just say dan doesn't like me anymore and dan thinks it's a it's a anymore anymore or any less and he thinks it's a cool idea during the Othello fun fly to sneak over while uh, I'm not at my bench and look at the number that I've got written down in my canopy or in my battery compartment and then copy it down and stick it on one of his models and then go and do something stupid with that model. Guess who gets called me? So yep. sounds perfect. Am I being paranoid? Yep, I am. But like I always say, I've been paranoid and I've been right and I'd rather be paranoid. So, well, you know, and there's there, there's something else about that whole process and I I've known I've known about it and when you mentioned it when we were on the line the other night, it just kind of reinforced it as they that last thing that you have to click, you agree to. It's almost like you're being forced into some contractual obligation. Yes, that you you captured it. I was not uh, the words weren't coming to me, and and it's no different than clicking. I accept the rules and blah 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 of being an AMA member, right? Or right. Uh, a driver's license. Except now, except the AMA can't can't penalize you. See, look here's here's my one of my big issues with this. So you, the first one you read, you agreed to fly your model safely or whatever the wording was, right? Well, who's to say some government hack who has never been around these happens to be there while you're practicing some 3d maneuver. Well, someone that doesn't know what you're doing and you end up putting it in or something, God forbid happens now you've got some government hack that's going to testify and say, well, absolutely, he was flying recklessly. I mean, I was seeing that thing do all kinds of craziness. So now it's up to left to interpretation by people who have no freaking idea yep. what they're talking about. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. Absolutely. So know, it just rubs me the wrong way. I agree. But, uh, you know, practically speaking, jo and job concerns aside, right? The other thing is. We do our fun fly each year. I, I'm a contest director, a certified contest director through AMA because I have to be to run the fun fly. Nick is as well. Um, and and so, uh, you know, I I can't not be registered because I don't want that to endanger our ability to have our event each year. So, you know, got to do what you got to do, I guess. So I've got my number. Um, I have not put yeah, what it is on. It's a number, Justin. Yeah. What, what, what's your number? Uh, uh, I'll tell you, um, one, two, three, four, five. No, <laughs> uh, sounds uh, fishy. I haven't put it on any of my models yet. However, 
I am considering being creative with how exactly like, I write it on, on the there. inside of the tail boom. Um, <laughs> well, ah, that's not bad. Although I think they'd need some tools to uh, get access to it. Yeah. Point. Well, uh, what I guess I'm saying is I'm going to see if I can come up with a creative way to write it to deter those who might be interested in wrongdoing. So we'll see. I'll let you know. I, um, I've already decided cause I going to have, I'm for my work too. I'm going to have to get registered. Um, we've made that conclusion and it just pisses me off. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it right on the boom and it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to say F U dot, dot, then my number dot, dot C K space Y O U. Okay. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what I'm it's gonna a do. big ass number, dude. Well, it's going to go, I've got a, I don't know how long my boom is. What is it? But it's know. big. Yeah. yeah <laughs> hey, I, I'll do I it like with it. A damn, I'll do it with a paint pen. I don't care. A lot of people have been putting the Calvin piss on FAA stickers on their helis. I got to get a couple of those too. Oh, put the number just right on the canopy and put that sticker right on top of (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a line is no longer the, uh, the target of Calvin's urine stream. I have a couple of those stickers on my scooter. The align Calvin stickers. Yeah. Someone who who, I've seen them too. Don't know where they're getting them. Someone let me know. Let us know. I, I want a couple of those. That would be fun. I don't know. Jesse, when are you going to register? What's this uh, registration you speak of? <laughs> Jesse's, uh, he's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, man. I don't know. Alrighty. Well, I guess that's it for news. Have you made the switch yet? Well, if you haven't, then you need to get on the ball. Brought to you by Burt Kammerer of BK Designs, switch rotor blades are the perfect way to complete that perfect heli setup. From 250 to 800 class blades in precision and aggressive 3D versions, and with tail blades and night blades too, switch blades give you a large variety of options to get your heli flying the way you want to. Head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com Give them a try today, and I'm sure you'll make the switch. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money-back guarantee that's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. So moving along, we're going to give Justin an opportunity to plead his case on what he uh, had planned for the winter and what he thought he was going to get accomplished in winter projects. And what was the eventual outcome of said projects? And then we are going to mock him about a couple uh, of projects. Yeah, I listened to the show. I know what's coming. <laughs> Damn it. All so right. So speak your piece, man. Tell us what it's all about. 
Okay. Well, so unlike uh, I think the most notable case in last week's show was Nick, where he's like, you know what? I didn't really come into the winter with any projects, so I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, wow. Like, how did we let him get away with that? We always have winter projects. He did actually kind of kind of cruise. There wasn't much going on there. So un- okay, so you're 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 not saying that we forgot about something he said. He actually you, this- no, like I, okay. at first when he started talking, he was like, "Well, I don't know, you know, I, I this was kind of a different winter. I did it all during the year." And I'm like, no, dude, you're full of shit. There's got to be something that we're missing here. But I'm thinking through and it's like, no, he's right. He Hmm. didn't really uh, sort of commit to anything serious. And how does it feel that Justin starts by putting someone else down? Yeah, that that's it's gotta, gotta be, be a that's sign. gotta that's yeah, no, it's like an admission. It, yeah, no, I mean, dude, <laughs> it was not putting Nick down. It was just a it was uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. I was surprised to find out that he didn't have much going on. So uh, it I can assure you that the only one that's gonna get put so is down that a is a backdrop me. to about is that a backdrop for what you're about to tell Yeah, what us? I'm about I mean, to tell you is that I had a shitload of things that I wanted to do and I didn't get any of them done. Oh, you got so one thing. Done. I double fail. Um, let's 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 start out slow here because I know what you guys are going to get to. So I'll, I'll let you introduce that topic. Um, I had uh, I, I wouldn't say a ton of things, but definitely a, a number of different bits and pieces that I wanted to play with. First and foremost, as funny as it sounds, I considered the and still do consider the NX seven a winner project. Uh, and at the time it was actually looking like it was moving ahead, you know, got it built pretty quick. December rolls around, blow up the engine. Okay. Well, yeah, well, um, little bit of a, a speed bump there, but, uh, I figured that I could get it back up and running and I'd still get it maidened and flown and, you know, get really comfy with it over the winter. So it was kind of like one of the bigger winter projects that stalled completely because of work. Haven't touched it since basically I took the engine out, uh, and put your engine back in Dan, but haven't actually run your engine. Mm-hmm. So there's fail number one. Fail number two is the infamous uh, discharger tech tip, which, as I already alluded to earlier in the show, I am still working on and has sort of gotten quite a bit larger. I'm going to follow through with it. I will get it done, but... It was one thing that I think I remember saying in sort of October, November, right after the sagebrush, we were doing the show about, hey, you know, we're officially the end of the season. OHB is the only one that's left, but there are no more Pacific Northwest fun flies. What do you guys got going? Oh, yeah, I'm going to finish the the tech tip. Six months later, (laughs) (laughs) still in the same position. Uh, So that one that one's really eating at me kind of like the trailer video did to Nick. Yeah. Okay. Next on the list, this was a winter project by force. I want to call it. I, this was not part of the plan, but I did happen to blow up my Diablo speed 
at OHB. Um, and it has taken all winter thus far, or at least since the beginning of December, to get half of it torn down. But I don't have all of the parts list yet <laughs> of shit that's broken. Oh, I got most of it, but it's just been one of it's. Well, dude, Jesse, here's the deal, man. If you knew that you had to walk into a room once a week and do something really depressing. What you know, what motivation do you have? Yeah, not much. I, because I the you. more I take off of it, the more I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> that's a ninety dollar main gear. <laughs> <laughs> you should just get it over with man pull the band-aid off i know i know rip that bad boy off so yeah the diablo speed's not back up and running yet that's unfortunate um i had let's see what else did i have that i i had as a winner project uh the oh the arduino speed timing system Actually, I think I can almost sort of claim success on that because it works. Uh, I don't yet have the wires for a full 200 meter course. I've been progressively increasing the lengths to make sure that it still operates correctly. But the sort of the core of it does work. So I think I can check one box uh, that uh, I completed that. Uh, next up on the list was. Oh, was there anything else? I, I, I think that is, I think that's all except for your favorite, mm-hmm. Dan, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the trailer, the mm-hmm. trailer, the trailer. So you're going to be sleeping in new halls this year then again, or what the, no, no, <laughs> but. I'm going to make an excuse right now and you guys don't have to accept it, but I'm still gonna. And my excuse is I didn't think I was going to be buying a TDR two so soon and fixing a Mm. Diablo speed at the same time, because between those two, it's probably about four grand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, damn it, yeah. I mean, is that reasonable? Yeah, I think it's reasonable. God damn it. Uh, it's. It, I, I'm not saying, Dan, that I won't get a trailer this yeah, year. Yeah, but it's not going to be till next it year. Won't be, I doubt I will be rolling up with a brand new trailer at Othello. We'll see. Maybe no, I'll surprise you, you. No, no, you'll have, I mean, I think you're going to put it off. You're, you won't worry about it. Once the flying season gets going, you're not going to have You're probably right. You're probably right. It'll probably so, be back on the list for a winter project next year. Now, that said, um, the U-Haul trailer did work out really well. It's super cheap to rent. I mean, for the, yeah. the few weekends e- each season that we that I would use it, that I'm not actually flying to an event, it makes perfect sense. And how cool is it to pull a trailer? You like that, don't you? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> I heard that shit on last week's show. I agree with you, man. I I feel like I get a, I get sort of like an extra hole punched in the man card 
Sure. Yeah. It demands a little bit of respect from the other motorists. I, I feel it's like, like I can kind of just roll the window down and hang one arm out and be like, yeah. Get yourself a pull I'm a driver driving tank. a Scion XB with a fucking U-Haul <laughs> trailer on the back of it. <laughs> I'm badass. That's right. And you see that backwards number on the wheel well that says speed limit 55? I'm going 70. <laughs> Downhill. <Boom. laughs> Downhill. With the wind in my back. That's right. <laughs> with it floored. No, that worked for you. You know, it is what it is. I just kind of suspected that. It was going to be uh, very low on your list of priorities. And I think part of the reason why it is has nothing to do, I don't think, on the fact that you don't want one. I think that for you, it might be based on your situation of your house and your garage. It's like it's like kind of a hassle for you for to own a trailer. It, it is more of a hassle than you would think, but... I the plan I had was I mean we don't use the garage to park our cars. The that was the deal when we moved into the house. The garage is mine. It is my heli <laughs> garage. That's what the garage is used for. Uh and some yard tools and and toys from my son. But uh so as a result of that, I could easily take one half, the half that I don't usually use for heli stuff, uh to put the trailer in. And that would yeah. work out perfectly fine, but it is more of an inconvenience because it makes moving around the garage a whole hell of a lot more difficult. And now, okay, how do I get access to the the storage racks that are hanging, you know, above the garage door? And so, yeah, it's not, it wouldn't be awesome, but at least I'd have a trailer. And the other problem is that with the Scion, I can really only pull a small trailer. So I'd be lying if I if I didn't tell you that uh, m what my thought had been at some point over the winter was that I should upgrade the vehicle before I actually bother spending money on a trailer. Mm. Go get yourself a big old diesel truck like oh, I did. Oh, dude. Uh, it's crossed my mind, and yet I know <laughs> it would be the stupidest thing I could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not a good idea for a commuter, especially my God, God, you guys live in a communist state. Diesel is so expensive over there. It's, yeah? It's a dollar more a gallon. How much are you paying in Montana, dude? How much yeah. are you paying where you're at? A dollar seventy. It's only a dollar eighty-three a year. It's like no, it's two fifty it, okay. down here, dude. Look, it's a dollar eighty-three if you know where to go, but if you don't live there and you hit just a, I mean, I was, too, I stopped at, I stopped on the way out of Nick's place and the first diesel that I saw that I could get my trailer in, I paid two sixty oh, a gallon. You got ripped off. Ouch. I know that. And I knew that while I was pumping. Oh, I am getting probably shit. right down the I'm road. It was probably a dollar eighty. Well, and I noticed that too, because on the way out, uh, on the way to Nick's, I'm like, literally like, oh my God, I have like 12 miles left to go before I need to get fuel. So the first gas station I saw, I pulled in, it was $2 and 60 cents a gallon as well. I get back out on the highway, I get another mile down the road and it's $2 and 12 cents. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, you fuck. I don't understand it. See here, 
pretty much within three cents all the way up and down this whole valley. Diesel, this is the same price. I don't know, man. Then they give you the then they then they then they post the cash price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that versus kind of the debit credit. Off. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I I, I will not be getting a diesel, but dude, but it's oh, so nice. But I have. I mean, yeah, it's nice until you have to fix it, right? I you know if you take care of it. Take, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, why couldn't I just get like the the gasoline version of what you have? You and Jesse have got. pretty much the same. That's truck, what I right? Jesse's yeah. got, and that's, and that's fine. That was the Chevy. It's a Chevy fifteen hundred twenty five hundred right? HD. Yeah, Jesse's will tow anything. Mine will tow. Mine will just do it at a much lower. Yeah, RPM. no, yours is yours is rated to tow more overall though too. But oh, any, yeah, a little bit. I mean, geez, up you got a twenty five hundred, dude. Yeah, twenty five hundred HD. Do I need a twenty five hundred? No, 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 no. I mean, you're you're going to be completely fine with a half ton of fifteen hundred, or the fifteen hundred HD, which would be the little bit of the intermediate. But I just love being able to pull the passes at seventy miles mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah, that's nice. Justin, yeah, that I I hear you. In, in response to your keeping the trailer in the garage, this last week I didn't mention this, but I did. So there's a a patch of grass or, or lawn in between my neighbor's house and then my house. And I talked to my neighbor and I talked to the contractor that built our house who's still building houses across the street. And he still had his mini excavator on the street and he was getting gravel delivered. And we ripped out that whole front lawn, which is probably about 15, 18 feet wide by 20 feet deep and all gravel. Yep. So... I officially do have a spot to nice. park a trailer. Very nice. Yeah, see, that so. is not, there's there's no way, dude. I got a strip of grass between my neighbor's house and mine. It's about as wide as my taint. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to bring it there. Went there. I, I, did go. there. I went there. Well, it's towards the end of the show. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> The people who stay on this long are the hardcore yeah, listeners. They can they can deal with they it. It wasn't coming. a bad word. <laughs> they're not going to be crying. Oh my god, he just said taint. Oh yeah, that yeah. happened. No, I don't know. I think uh, I think I think um, next winter you'll probably settle into a trailer because you're going to be and seeing in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus this year. So like we've already been talking, right? And Othello's coming up in May and Marnie took the weekend off. So she wants to come with me. Her and Charlie want to come along to the fun fly. And I'm like, this this is awesome. I'm really excited about it. But uh, we don't yet have a setup that really lends itself to making that convenient. And so what's probably going to end up having to happen if she does end up deciding to come is that we're going to have to get her a hotel somewhere in town. Um, but, you know, that's a big pain in the ass. Not the money aside, having to uh, drive back and forth what is in Othello, probably a 20 or 30 minute drive uh, for the weekend is just not cool. Um, but. I, I don't know any other way to do it at this point, unless I, I actually rented like a pop-up. 
pop-up? Like Dieter. Like, like a Dieter. Like, like a Dieter, Dieter one. You yeah. think the Scion could pull mm. that, though, dude? I don't <laughs> think it could, man. It, it would have to be a really small one. I could not can, one. Can I rent now. like um like a mini motorhome like Nick or you have Jesse, like a tiny version? Yeah, you could rent a class C, rent a little motorhome, or D or whatever they call it, it's like the big vans, oh, the big conversion. Yeah, yeah, vans. yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you know what? I'll look into it. That could be another another spot on the man card. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you were pulling a U-Haul with it. Double. Could you imagine? Ooh, doubling Dang, it up. Dude. Wow. I, re- I remember riding in the RV with you how you were really into that whole, like, I'm driving up the mountain pass. Oh, yeah. In the bay. Oh, in yeah. a six by ten. <laughs> All in a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this. Truckers ain't got shit on me. Yeah, so we'll see. We will see. I mean, it also comes down to, from a practical standpoint, how many fun flies am I going to? Right now, it locally, it's Othello. It's, what's next? So it goes Othello, then Dieter's fun fly. Are you going to go to Dieter's? I'm not. Do you know yet? I'm not, I'm not likely going to make it to Dieter's. I will try, but I doubt it because of how long the drive is, and it happens to be uh, around the time when I think we're going to have some pretty heavy duty work stuff going on. So, and then there's nothing in July that I know of. Do you know of any Julys in Pacific Northwest? I don't think so. Okay. So then the next one's Urcha. That's a fly, not a drive. Then Snohomish. That's my home field. So that'll be easy. Doesn't need a trailer for it. Uh, and then after that, it's RCHN four which will need a trailer and sagebrush is the last one, which if I'm able to go would need a trailer, but that's only three in total. Have you made your Urcha reservations yet? I've not. Do you want to split a room? Sure. I'm thinking about flying to Urcha. Yeah, let's do it, dude. Absolutely. If I can get the time off. That is okay, but yeah, I'm gonna I, my plans for the summer. Just since we're talking about plans for the summer, of course, Othello. That's a given. Definitely going to Dieter's. Um, definitely, I want to go to Snohomish. Probably will go to Snohomish. I might skip the RCHN Funfly. It's too damn far away. Don't blame me. Yeah. Well. Oh come on, no bites. Yeah, and suck. I heard it was kind of lame last year. <laughs> <laughs> It did. It and sucked then, bad, um, man. I'm going to Sagebrush this year. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Just because I haven't been. I haven't been, nice so stuff. I have to go. I would like, and, you know, we've talked about it before, but I would like us to be able to do sort of a send one or two of us to a couple of random fun flies around the the country. Um, you know, we've done OHB before, but like Southwest Heli Rodeo or the Port St. Lucie or Mid-America. I guess Mid-America, I don't think is happening anymore. No. Uh, but uh, the one down in Louisiana. Cajun. Cajun yeah. That's it. Cajun the Cajun Helifest. Heli yep. I've talked to a couple of people in Texas that say that they've got some good stuff there. Uh, there's one back east in New York or New Jersey or something. So, yeah, that, that would be pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. 
definitely there's a couple I'm going to a couple extra fun flies that are not heli fun flies here in Montana. Um what are, are they? Those, I th- well, they're just planker vents, planker fun flies. Oh, they're plank flies. Yeah. yeah. Not fun I just flies. know people there, so I'm gonna go hang out. They're planking. <laughs> <laughs> they got the name wrong. And then I'm gonna we're gonna I'm gonna try to do something here. Just a very informal thing for the Montana guys. Um, not even, I wouldn't even call it, a, it's just literally, we're just going like to go get together. Out yeah. For a day. yeah. Sweet, dude. That's awesome. And that, uh, that about wrap. But since we're talking about events, because we kind of, I haven't really been mentioning, mentioning it, uh, maybe once or twice. I think Nick mentioned it um, when I wasn't here a week or two ago. If you have an event, that you would like to put on our schedule, send that into us. We uh, we need to fill that calendar up with events. So uh, I think Ken is handling that this year. Any confirmation? Do you know Justin? Have you heard? Ken, I think is, I think Ken's. Yeah, handling. I yep. think yeah. I think Ken has been. Yep, that's right. Correct. You so just send it to him and he'll get it up. Ken at RC Nation. Do you wish there was a fly barless system that could make you throw down like a pro? Well, now there is. The Spartan Vortex Fly Barless System is offering some of the most advanced features seen on the market today, making sure that you'll be flying like a pro in no time. So what are you waiting for? Go and get your Vortex Fly Barless System today. Results may vary based on pitch, response time, age, head speed, brand of heli, time of the year, crash budget, number of friends cheering you on, size of helicopter, temperature, wind, servos, weight of heli, willingness to take risks. Contact your favorite hobby shop about getting your Spartan fly barless system today. For more information, check out www.bkdesignsllc.com. Hey, we could probably wrap this one up. What do you think? I think so. But before we do, Dan, can you tell us the dates of RCHN4 while we're still talking about events? Oh, I should have been prepared for this. All right. Let me think about this for a second. It's the weekend of the 14th. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Don't know the exact days, but the it's that 15th weekend. 15th through the 18th, Thursday through Sunday. Yes. All right. 15, 18, 15, 18, 15. All right. I got it now. 15, 18. Got it. Yep. It's, good. it's there forever. Steel trap right here. <laughs> Just like the passwords. Just like the passwords. Just like the passwords. Oh, <laughs> oh I got a quick story. I just need to hear it there. It's pretty quick. Um, so Nick and I were getting set up because as uh, you know, Justin, we, we recorded from Nick and I live in the trailer right, right. last week. And so we're setting, we get the mixer out there that we use for our live recordings. And... Um, I set my computer up. We put a blanket between the two of us and he set up on his normal end. So we were staring at the walls and the typical locations that people have seen us do live shows. We were sitting in the same spots. So I opened up my computer and, um, (laughs) Nick was sitting there and I opened up Skype and typically it logs me in, right? This time it didn't. And I just said, Oh, are you kidding me? The Skype password escapes me. 
<laughs> and he just went, oh, geez, that's disgusting. Uh, so, but anyway, I typed in a password and I got all excited. I'm like, nailed it. Oh yeah. First try. I didn't even have to Nice, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Shit. That's, you know, that's what happens when you use the same Serious business. <laughs> so got that going. One other quick thing I want to mention, uh, too, before we head out is I want to say thanks because I got a bunch of emails uh, concerning last week's topic when we were talking about motivation versus desire, you know, kind of that. I know I still like the hobby, but I'm just struggling to find the motivation. A lot of folks, I had a few emails uh, from guys that were happy to hear that in the sense that not that it is good news, but it's good news to, to, to hear it. Uh, and not so much feel isolated with that with that particular feeling. Yeah, because it happens. Because there's I mean, someone it, else going through what they're yeah, going you're like, through. It's like, yeah, you're like, it's oh, like, okay, this is good. I'm, you know, someone else is experiencing it. Say, it's not 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 that we are so into ourselves that we can't imagine that somebody else was feeling that. But at the same time, it's just reassuring. Um, you know, Nick was asking me because we were talking about it. Do I feel like that? moment is over and it's a little early to say, but I'm feeling confident because it's been a while since I've been literally checking the weather every day, starting like on Tuesday for Saturday. Yep. That's a, that's, I, that's, I mean, that's a big deal. That's a sign. It is. It is because, and I'm, I'm like actually going through, um, the thought process of, okay, uh, I need to make sure I get gas for the generator. Those little things. Like I need to go into the trailer and make sure everything's in its appropriate spot and everything. And, you know, just going through the mental checklist. It's not a big deal. It's only seven miles away, but nonetheless, those types of thoughts have been not part of my daily existence for a long, long time. So it's just kind of a, you know, I think, it's, you know, I don't know. I I think my situation, I'm a little bit fortunate in that not everybody, you know, we once a week, four of us get together to create what is our Saheli Nation. And that is a pretty heavy tether to the hobby. Oh, yeah. Right. So even though at times, like Justin mentioned at the beginning of this particular show, how it's tough and I've been struggling with it hard for a long time is what do I say about what I've been doing when I really haven't been doing anything, but that tether that I have, that I've gone through. And, and at some point it's like, I felt I had to go through it. I mean, it's like, I'm obligated to do this, so I'm going to do it. But that's a tether that kind of kept me tied down to, to, to the hobby and luckily it I feel like it's breaking through again. Other guys don't have that. So they just kind of slowly drift away. Uh, keep listening to the show. Even if you're not flying, if you're in that particular state of mind, maybe it can be your tether as well, you know? Uh, and that's, that's a big part of what we do here. I think it's to keep people engaged in the hobby when they're, when they can't necessarily do it, on their own for whatever reason life happens. So 
I agree and 110%, you, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's a tough one because first of all, you, you know, we all, we've all heard it. It's like, oh man, this hobby is so expensive. But in the grand scheme of things, it's really not because you, you go try to get into bass fishing or, you know, even hunting, you know, you, you start doing trips, whatever. I mean, shit gets expensive, but still we spend money on these helicopters and it's a horrible feeling to know you've got four or five helicopters just sitting there and you know, there's so many people that listen to you every week that would kill for just one of them. They just, you know what I mean? That that's not an easy feeling, you know, it's, it's tough to sometimes we're fortunate, I guess is, I guess is the best way to put it, but we get through it and, um, hopefully we come through on the other end and we're out flying and enjoying the hobby. So just keep doing what you're doing guys. And you know, eventually, um, all things will work out and either you will or you won't either way it'll all work out. So I don't know. That's my little pep talk for the week, I guess. What do you think? I agree, dude. It's, it's, uh, you just got to hang in there. You do. You just have to hang in there. Don't, one thing I guess that I think is kind of important because I think I know I've thought it, I I would never do it because I don't like to sell shit, but sometimes guys get into this, this state of mind and, uh, it makes it easier to want to sell or even try to sell. Oh, you're just going to lose your ass and eventually you're going to want to do it. You're going to want to go fly again at some point. It may be a long time from now, but man, getting rid of your fleet is, yeah, that's rash. Unless you know you're for sure getting out because nine times out of 10, you'll be back. That, I think. <laughs> and then you got to start over and that sucks. So, well guys, I think this one wraps it up. Huh? Maybe we should do some emails. Yeah. Who wants to go first this time? I'll let you pick. I'll, I'll let go you first. Fight, fight to the death. Winner gets to go first. Wow. I, that, I already that was, said it. That was it? You did? Yeah, you didn't. Well, Dan was describing it. I was like, oh, I'll go. Well, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, somebody go. <laughs> if you wanted to get in contact with me, you could send an email to justin at rchelynation.com or catch me as Justin Pucci on Facebook or the forums. And if you wanted to send me an email, you could send it to jesse at rchelynation.com. Or catch me on Facebook as well. If you wanted to get a hold of Nick, you could do that at Nick at RCHillyNation.com. Nick, is it Nick Len, R-C-H-N? It is, isn't yeah, it? On yeah, on Facebook. Yep. Yep. And uh, on the forums, he's uh, NWM Tech, I do believe. Yep, that's it. See there? I pay attention on occasion. If you wanted to send an email to Ken, you could do that at Ken at RCHillyNation.com. He's the guy to send questions about registration, your citizen numbers, uh, your T-shirts, your goodies. And there is, uh, by the way, uh, shirts in stock. You can check that out on our fancy new webpage uh, if you're so inclined. My name is Dan. You can reach me at dan at rcalienation.com, Dan Kirin on the forums, and on Facebook. I think that about wraps it up. said that three times now. Maybe I got the point across. Maybe I'm trying to talk myself into it. I don't know. I think it this about been, wraps it up. Yeah, it wraps it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. Does it wrap? Okay, we got uh, confirmation, three-way confirmation, so I guess we're good to go. 
This has been episode 224. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Later. Take it easy, dudes. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, Spartan Flybarless Systems, and Superiority. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.